This is the House Church Podcast, and I'm your host, Jackie. The goal of this podcast is to be an encouragement to and resource for you as you discover what House Church is. This podcast will journey alongside me as I plan a House Church network in Ontario, Canada. I want this to be an encouragement to you as you really explore what it means to be a part of a house church. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And fair warning, this is real life. I have a bunch of kids and a bunch of pets, and I'm sure you're going to hear them from time to time. So I'm excited to share my life and journey with you. Hi there, I'm Jackie. I am mom of four amazing world changers. Uh, We also homeschool, so I'm a homeschooling mom. I am a pastor. I've been a pastor for 10 years now at a church locally. Um, I'll talk a bit more about my role at the church uh, as we go along. So I'm Jackie. I am the wife of Jesse, mom of four awesome kids, ages eight down to age one, so I have three boys, and then my girl is a year old. We just love to go on adventures. We love to play video games, (laughs) lots of video games. My husband is Canadian and we live in Ontario. I am actually American, I'm from the States, and so it's been a bit of a challenge in our relationship, being able to travel back and forth and, you know, just make it work in which we are, you know, being able to celebrate and be with both of our families. So again, we do live in Ontario. Um, I actually met my, my husband playing video games. So that's a fun story for another day. We are, so like I said, we have four children. Um, we do what I like to call respectful parenting. So we definitely screw up and, and make mistakes, but, um, Our goal is to, yeah, just parent with love and kindness and the fruit of the spirit. So um, responding in love instead of impatience and, um, you know, just trying our very best to treat our children like, well, people, right? So God has given us wonderful and amazing gifts and it's our job to cultivate them into the people that God has created them to be. So it's not my job to tell them who they are. It's my job to, oh, that's my cat. It's my job to assist and, you know, help them to grow and um, really be strengthened in their walk with the Lord. And, you know, he is a God who is loving. He is a God who is just. He is a God who is kind. He is slow to anger. He forgives so easily. He gives us grace and mercy when we don't deserve it. And no, I am obviously not like God, but I try to use his example as the example that I use for when I parent my children. Um, So that's probably a podcast for a whole other day. Um, I run an online Christian community. Um, We are a ministry community. It's called Natural Christian Mamas. We have a um, we have an online community group with over nine thousand women, and we have 
a podcast and a website with resources and numerous blog posts. And um, yeah, it's just, I'm doing a lot of things and God is good and I'm just here to be obedient to him in all things. So the reason I started this podcast is because I wanted to introduce you to myself and kind of who I am and what I've been doing and what God is calling me into because he's truly calling me into something new. And so I wanted to share that with you all because it's really important. And also because I think it's really valuable to see how God speaks to other Christians, how he encourages us on our journey and just, yeah, how he does things because, you know, that way we can have a frame of reference for when he is talking to us, you know, so I will go ahead and chat a bit about that and yeah, hopefully I answer any questions that you have as I'm going through. And if there are other questions that you, you might have, um, we will figure out a way for you to, to, to send me some questions. So I will let you know how to do that as well. So what have I been doing? At my most recent pastoral position, I was an associate pastor. I was hired 10 years ago as the associate pastor, um, specifically over children's ministry. So that included obviously all your normal children's ministry stuff that they have going on, all the amazing, wonderful things. Um, I have overseen interns that helped us out during the summer. I have done, you know, VBS um, and all the other children's ministry stuff that is normal, right? Par for the course when it comes to children's ministry positions. The other thing the church has allowed me to do as I was working towards my ordination in the church, which took about seven years, a denomination that I am a part of is called the Nazarene Church. And the Nazarene Church is very thorough when it comes to what ordination looks like, how you are qualified and called and qualified, the the coursework you need to take, as well as the different experiences that you have to have. So I very much value that. Um, I didn't really value it at the time when it took me so long but I value that they are thorough and they ensure that when you're stepping into ministry, you truly understand not only that God called you because it has to be God because ministry is hard. Many times it is thankless. Oftentimes you don't get paid what you should get paid. Um, Just real talk. If you know me at all, you know that I am... I am not one to mince words. I can be loving and respectful and kind, but I can also, I also feel like truth is truth and it needs to be said sometimes. So, so, you know, the process of ordination is a long one, at least in my denomination. So while I was working on all of that, my church allowed me to take risks. They allowed me to preach and teach in new ways. They allowed me to oversee ministries. They allowed me to If God gave me an idea, I had the freedom to fail, right? I had the freedom to try and therefore I had the freedom to succeed or the freedom to fail. You have to have the freedom to fail. You you have to have that or you'll never be able to thrive. You can't be perfect. 
right? We're not perfect people. And, you know, I'm just so blessed that I had not only um, pastoral leaders, so our lead pastor, who changed a few times over the course of my, my 10 years there. So, you know, not only did the lead pastor give me the opportunity to really figure out what my calling looked like and my giftings looked like and really hone in on the things that God had for me. But also I had a congregation, a church family who really supported me, who loved me, who allowed me to take risks, who, you know, gave me the confidence and courage to step forward in things that I had no idea what I was doing. Um, So, you know, it's beautiful and necessary to have those things in order for you to fulfill your calling. So, I have been preaching and teaching for many years to not just the children, but the the main congregation as well, big church as we like to call it. And then over time, my my role has changed. Um, Oh, I also have done like weddings and funerals. Weddings might be my favorite um, just because they're happy and there's food. I like food. So Um, yeah, so I've done weddings and funerals and and baptisms and, you know, all the other things, uh, premarital counseling and biblical counseling and Bible study. Um, I oversaw Alpha. I oversaw small groups. I led young adults small group. Um, I'm trying to think. I've done a lot of things within the church. I've been given many opportunities to kind of put my toe in the water in many different areas, if you will. So I'm so grateful for that. I am an ordained elder in the church. I want to say three years now. I, I mean, that would make sense, right? Ten and seven minus seven is three. Um, so yeah, so that's been, wow, that was such an honor to be able to, to have my denomination, my leaders, recognize that in me and pray over me and yeah just kind of release me to do God's work so that was beautiful that was beautiful so recently I have felt God calling me to step down from my position which kind of sounds crazy to me I mean I had this job that not only fulfilled my calling gave me the freedom to do new things but also allowed me to have a flexible schedule so I could homeschool my children. My husband's job needs me to be able to be flexible in my schedule because he is on call to go places and travel and stuff like that. And so it's really important for me to have a position where I personally can, can kind of be flexible in what I'm doing, you know, so Stepping away from a job that allowed me to, to do all of these things, I mean, a job that I loved, it wasn't just a job, right? It was calling. Um, a church family that I absolutely adore, I mean, always will. And just, you know, these amazing opportunities to continue to connect and, and see what my giftings are. So to step away from that, it, it took me about a year of discerning God's call. I mean, it probably took longer God has been talking to me for a while about this. So yeah, so it was years ago, I think, God really started talking to me about house churches. I remember the first time I heard of a house church. It was in one of my courses online. And the 
instructor, he actually led a house church. Like he pastored house church. And I was like, that's my baby. You want to say hi? Oh, she's waving. I'm a baby girl. So the instructor actually said that he, he leads a house church. And I was like, well, what exactly does that look like? Like, is that a real church or, you know, somehow I had in my mind that it wasn't a legitimate church. And I think that oftentimes, I don't know, at least in my life, God like plants an idea. Okay. And after he plants that idea, it tends to, it's almost like a tiny seed. Like I don't even realize that the idea is there until I, until it's formed a little bit bigger, until it's really embedded in me. And a lot of times, at least the house church idea, I kind of pushed against it. Like, well, that's weird. Why would you do that? Like church is about like getting people in the door and having a big building and, and stuff like that. And that's not the church. The church is not a building. The church is the people. The church can use the building. And I want to be very, very clear right now. Very clear. I have zero issues regarding traditional, conventional church. I have zero issues when it comes to... Yeah. I have zero issues when it comes to church building, getting together, doing a traditional worship service at 1030 on Sunday mornings. Like, zero. So I just wanted to be clear that God is not putting this in my heart because I am or he is somehow against the way we do church. I am called to this because I think that there is a way to reach people who are not being reached by that particular expression of what church is, right? There are different expressions of the church and that can look like a big mega church that can look like a tiny country church with 40 people that can look like a house church that can look like a house church network. And that's what God has shown me, at least for what he would like for me to do at the next step, next stage of my ministry. And, and his calling for my life is, is to step into leading a house church network. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to share some of the ways that he has shown me that this is what he wants for me. I actually talked to you about the different things he has done and, and, and shown me how he's shown up in my life and, and confirmed that in multiple ways. But I did want to talk just slightly more about how he kind of put house church in my mind. And I remember reading, you know, uh, Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Until I got to the second half where he was talking about essentially house church networks being led by leaders that are not necessarily, you know, ordained and, and haven't gone to seminary and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa. I'm not sure about that, you know, but I had just worked really hard on, on my ordination. And the truth is, is that 
God calls all of us to be ministers of the gospel. Not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to be full-time vocational pastors. That's like, you know, you guys know a pastor who is paid to be a pastor. Some of us are called for that. And, and, you know, and that's great. But every single person who calls themselves. Oh, it's okay, baby. Every single person who calls themselves a Christian is called to be a minister of the gospel. And so we each have gifts, right? The Holy Spirit gives us each gifts. Not just the pastor, not just the associate pastor, not just the ministry leaders, but every single person. God gives gifting, spiritual gifts. And with those spiritual gifts, it is our job to discern how God wants us to serve him. So in a house church, there is more opportunity to serve. And so you have people serving as in, in different ways. And it allows God to work in new and different ways that he is not able to work in, in a traditional church setting. So is that bad? No. Is that good? Yeah. I mean, it is good. And, and again, this is just a different expression of the church, not better, not worse, different and different is important because every single person needs. Yeah. You want to talk to every single person is going to need something different when it comes to church. And some people might thrive in a church with 2000 people. And some people might thrive better and grow deeper in a church that has 25 people, right? And that meets in a home. And again, not better, not worse, different. So I want us to always keep that in mind when we talk about house churches and the way in which God is using them to reach new people for him. And that's the other thing too. This is not about taking people away from the traditional church. This is about giving other people opportunities to be a part of, of God's kingdom, to be a part of, of his people. You know, for some people walking into a church building would be too much. However, coming over my house for dinner and some prayer that, that is a bit more accessible to them or meeting in a park for a weekly, weekly Bible study. That's more accessible to them, right? There's, this is an opportunity to reach people for Christ. And as Christians, we need to challenge ourselves to make sure that we're not saying no to something just because it's new or different, or it's not what we've always thought it would look like. Okay. Um, you know, think about people in the Bible, right? Like Deborah was called to be a judge and there had been no female judges before her, right? Like there's so many times where people in the Bible have stepped into a position or calling that God and God has said, this is for them, but that position or calling didn't exist. And yet God used them when they were obedient, right? So we need to be open to those things. And about house churches being new, they're actually not. This is simple. This is simple church. This is old test or sorry, new Testament fellowship. So this is like the book of acts type stuff is really what we're 
we're thinking about when we think about house churches. We think about meeting together, eating a meal together, sharing life together, and really, really just being authentic, making disciples, like true, true discipleship, um, having outreach and, and just all of these wonderful things that have been around for years and years in the church since the beginning, since the church's inception. So while it might look new to us, it is an old model and it is used all around the world successfully. So we need to remember that as we walk into this. So one of the goals of this podcast is to really share with those who are discerning a similar call because I truly feel that the spirit is moving. I have shared this with a few people and I've had multiple people reach out either wanting to feeling like they want to join a house church or um, that they actually feel God is calling them to begin a house church. And so I've had a few people do both. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to work with them to figure out what that looks like. And as I was looking and trying to find resources, now there are books, there are um, a few different things out there, but I wasn't finding what I really wanted. I really wanted, well, I wanted a podcast because I really enjoy podcasts. And eventually I did find one. So there is a house church network in Arizona called The Table, and they have a podcast called, well, The Table. And so pretty much they did what I want to do, which is walk you through it. We have not, I have not planted my house church yet. I have not stepped into what it looks like every week. And so as I'm walking through that, I want to podcast as I go and just share with you what works for what worked for us and and our church and our church network and you know to give you ideas of what might work for you and what might not work for you right that it's no one size fits all i like i said before i like i've never done this i have no idea what i'm doing i mean i know what i'm doing in theory but i'm not i'm not even close to being an expert on this and so you know, what better way to learn than to hear from my experiences and for me to share with you what that looks like as I do it. So that being the purpose, I want to go back to what I was talking about earlier. And I want to share about the way in which God called me. When I stepped away from the church, well, when I stepped, sorry, a year ago, I went on mat leave. I went on maternity leave. I'm in Canada. We get a year. And when I stepped down, I felt like it was, it wasn't, okay, I'll see you later. It, it truly felt like a goodbye. And I couldn't understand why that was. I couldn't really discern. And so then my husband and I had an opportunity to possibly purchase a property that was about an hour away. And we said, well, maybe that's it. Maybe God told us it's time to leave because he wants us to move. Well, we ended up not doing that. And, you know, we felt like we were prepared to physically move. But after really seeking God about it, we actually felt like what we thought was supposed to be a physical move, God was actually calling us to a spiritual move. 
And so we felt that God was then saying, you know, I'm calling you into something new, a new spiritual home, a new home, but a spiritual home, a new church. I'm calling you into something new. And so it was hard for us to discern that at first, but that's where we've ended up is that, you know, God is calling us to be prepared to leave what we know and to step into something new. And, you know, for any of you who have, who've left a church and gone to a new one, um, either as a congregation member or as a pastor or a leader, it's kind of bittersweet, right? You're leaving behind something that you know and you love for something that's unknown and you're not really sure what it's going to look like. And so it's exciting, but it's also quite scary. Not going to lie. I am, I am scared some days because I don't know real talk. I don't know where the money is going to come from to support our family. But a wise friend of mine said to me, you know, Jackie, she said, you've never provided for your family. God always has. He just happened to use that job. And I was like, whoa. I mean, it was just so profound. I mean, so simple, but so profound. And if God's calling me to do something, then he's going to provide. I mean, again, think about the times in the Bible where he showed up and provided because people were obedient to him. Right? God God has a track record of providing. God has a track record of literally multiplying food, of literally like making food fall from the sky, right? Manna, right? Every morning or quail. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like it's, it's not for me to worry. My job is not to worry about what I will eat or what I will drink or what I will wear, right? That's what the Bible says. Unbelievers worry about such things. It is my job to be obedient to Christ in all things, in the hard things, in the challenging things, in the scary things. It is my job to be obedient, and that's what I'm going to do. And you know what? At the end of my life, when I am sitting in front of God and giving an account for what I... Sorry about that. <laughs> Someone knocked at my door. Um, so I have dogs as well as a cat and four kids. So welcome to my life. <laughs> so as I was saying, you know, at the end of my life, when I'm sitting here, um, you know, in front of God, you're recounting what I've done. Like he's gonna, he's not gonna ask me, you know, certain things, but what he is gonna ask me is if I was obedient, I truly believe. And so, you know, even if I get it wrong, even if I live in a shack, um, I'm going to be obedient no matter what, no matter how hard it is, no matter how challenging it is, no matter what it looks like. And so I hope that's an encouragement to you. Um, yeah, that we are called to be obedient to Christ in all things at all times. So what I wanted to share a bit about with you is, yeah, so he called us to a spiritual move. And, you know, that was, gosh, September of 2020, we felt like we were supposed to move. Um, and even before that, God had given me dreams. And I thought it was about the birth, and it was, but it's more than that. Um, there was a number in my dream that was highlighted, and that was 341. And so it has to do with, um, it's a Greek word. Well, it, so all the numbers, if you look up like the number in Greek word or the number in a Hebrew word, like it, it brings something up. And the Greek word in that number 
means to make new or to renew by moving from one stage to a higher, more developed stage. It can refer to God ever transforming the believer, right? And so during pregnancy and labor, um, my, my fourth pregnancy, so we do home births and stuff, um, but at the end, I was, I was really pushed to beyond what I felt capable of accomplishing. Um, I had nothing more to give and, you know, I had to rely solely on God. And so when I heard that, when I, when I got that number, I was like, okay, when I got that message, I was like, okay, you know, God is doing this as a way to stretch me and grow me. However, now I'm seeing that it was something even more. God had something even more for me. And we'll get back to that in a bit, right? To make new, to do something new. Okay. That's what God is, is saying to me over and over again and my prayer during that time was just simply to walk in obedience and I have my journal in front of me because I think it's important to write this stuff down and I can see that I've written so again this is September 2020 I want to run an unconventional church and Jesse and I were just praying for obedience you know I know I'm called to preach the gospel I'm called to preach the good news and, and I refuse to take that calling lightly but, um, yeah, I didn't want to be disobedient. I still don't want to be disobedient. So, and then I, I kept having dreams. Um, I had another dream that I was going to preach at my church, and they canceled that Sunday, and I never got to give them the word God had for them. It's very weird. Then I had another dream where I went to, went to preach, and there was nowhere to preach, and so I went to the long-term care homes and just started preaching outside. Um, because it was during COVID and the long-term care people weren't able to come out or have anybody go in to preach them for church. And so I was doing it outside. So I just, it's just really interesting that I, um, and then there was one other unconventional type church atmosphere that I was preaching in. So I just, it was really interesting that God kept showing me these things. And then in October, I spoke with my district superintendent and he was completely like on board and affirmed what what I had been thinking and, and feeling the Holy Spirit saying to me um, and he was saying that other people on the district are feeling the same thing and so it was really interesting to hear that that other people are also feeling that same call that was so so encouraging we currently have zero house churches micro churches organic churches simple churches, whatever you want to call them. We have zero of them on our district. And so it's really interesting that God is pushing me forward. And then I attended a conference, a, a church planters conference. The district invited me to attend a church planting conference. And the entire conference was about house churches. And it wasn't a house church conference. It was literally a church planting conference and just how the next move of the spirit, the thing that God is doing now, looks like it might be house churches. And I was like, well, that's a bit more confirmation, right? God is doing something, something new. I was reading in October in the book of Acts, Acts 16, 6 to 7 says, they went through the region of... Phrygia and Galatia and were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in Asia. When they came to Mysia, 
they tried to go into Bithynia. Sorry, I don't live in these places. So, <laughs> But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. This passage stood out to me. You know, sometimes when we look, you know, what, what something looks like the right path, isn't actually the right path. So path, like you know, in this passage, like obviously it was important for them to go to these cities and evangelize these people. Like God wanted these people to know the Word of God and, and His truth. But instead, the Holy Spirit said, "No, you aren't supposed to go there. This is not the time. This is not the place." Now, maybe God had a different plan for those people. Obviously, He did. But it's interesting to just know that what looks like it should be the right thing isn't always the right thing. It doesn't mean it's bad, but <clears throat> it's there are right opportunities and there are wrong opportunities for us. There's God's permissive will versus his perfect will. And we want to be in his perfect will. Not that his permissive will is bad, but you're missing out on something when you don't sit in his perfect will. So it's important that in all things we do that we are looking to God as confirmation, like the, for confirmation of what he has for us. So even if something looks good, make sure you're double checking with God. And we're not just doing it out of our own giftings or our own strength or our own mind. Even like my son, Joel, he is now six and he said some random things while we were together as a family um, on like a spiritual walk. We were renewing our, our, our marriage vows with just our family. And my son, Joel, randomly on the walk said, God has a path for us. And I was like, what, what did you say? And he repeated it. And then later on the walk, he said, we're in God's hands. You know, and it's really interesting because during that week, he kept kind of joking, not joking, saying that he wanted to grow up to be a prophet like Joel in the Bible. So it's just, again, really interesting how God is using all these different things as confirmation. Now, obviously, we don't know what God told Joel, my young, my six-year-old, but you know what? God can use him just like he uses any of us to speak his truth. And during all this change and transition and trying to discern what God had for us. Jesse's job had some wonky things going on. So my husband had, we weren't sure if his job was going to continue in the same manner or what that looked like. And long story short, it ended up being even better than we anticipated. So, you know, God, again, when I was talking about providing, God has shown us time and time again that he will and is providing. And then I had this like, huge crazy dream in March of this year so again I know that was a big bounce from you know last year to this year but things just continued to move forward but essentially we just continued to pray and continue to seek God and you know there are times where he makes it really clear really fast but like I said before like I need a slow process um, I really need, you know, this wasn't something, this was not a snap decision. This was something that has literally been in my heart for years, something that God has been growing in me for years and something over the past 
year plus he has been really sharing with me and um, we've been seeking him so you know when he asks us to do something big at least for me I need to do it's sometimes I jump it's not out of fear or um, out of disobedience that I didn't jump but he worked on my heart slowly it's like you know a boat like you don't just turn a boat quickly it's it's this slow turn right and the next thing you know you're in a different direction so big dream I had it was really weird but it had to do with like we were buying a property well we we're looking at a property to buy and it had a vineyard a working vineyard but you know it had everything there was to make wine but the vineyard was brown and there was like nothing being produced um, I don't know if it was the off season or not but it wasn't working the family who owned the property was of a different religion and did not speak English but the house had this beautiful courtyard very welcoming beautiful stone doors it was very unique um, my best friend ended up showing up in the dream which was really interesting and we had this discussion about theology and our kids and and God's real name versus the title of God and um, and then the grandmother of the family passed away and even though they were a different religion and spoke a different language they asked me to help with the funeral because they knew I was a pastor it's very weird they and they had the funeral immediately like right away um, and you know and then I, I had a red dress on and I put a white bracelet on the grandmother and then there was another family, and I believe a Japanese family, that was there trying to buy the house as well. And they were also at the funeral. And, you know, I'm still working on what that means, but it felt so very significant. A vineyard and the colors and the multicultural aspect of it. Um, so, I don't know. If you are a dream discerner, maybe you can let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, I, I record these things because, you know, right now it might not make sense to me, but I do know that it was significant. And as time goes on, God will continue to reveal these things to me. Um, I often joke that God talks to me in dreams because it's the only time I'm quiet enough to listen. <laughs> Um, I'm an extrovert, like an extroverted extrovert. I don't even like, I don't know if I'm like shopping, I'm listening to a podcast if I, you know, because I don't, I just, I constantly need things going on. So, um, so at this point, again, that was in March of this year and yeah, we were just praying for direction and confirmation strength to be obedient. And then in June, I met with um, a good friend of mine, um, a younger lady, a young, a young adult who I mentor. I've been, I've been friends with her for years. She was an intern at our church for a while, and then we continue to have um, a friendship after that and a mentorship. And so I was talking to her and sharing things with her just about my call and all this stuff. And so there are some things that I can't share with you guys because of confidentiality and stuff like that. Not about Sarah, not about my friend, but just in general. Um, so there are bits and pieces of the story that I am leaving out, but I am giving you the gist, the most important things 
so you can discern the call for yourself when or if God calls you into this. So I was sharing with my friend and after we left, she messaged me Isaiah, a passage in Isaiah, and I looked it up. Um, well, I, I messaged her afterwards about something and then that we were talking about. I'd gotten confirmation about something that I was praying about. And then I messaged her and she prayed and immediately God put this on her heart, a passage in Isaiah. And it's, see, I am doing a new thing. Remember earlier I was talking about that number and new thing and doing something new? Here it is again. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Like, what? <laughs> All right, God, do your thing, dude. Like, amazing. You know, and I just, over and over and over again, God is doing this. This perfect confirmation right at the time that I need it. Um... You know, it's really interesting, you know, and, and so during, because we're in Canada, so lockdowns have been really intense up here and, um, we did an alpha. So I've been on maternity leave, but I did an alpha online. If you're not familiar with alpha, it's an amazing program for Christians and non-Christians alike. It is designed for unbelievers to come and just understand the basics of our faith, ask questions, ask the hard questions and really get answers. Anyway, so I did one online on Zoom, and it was good. It was really good. It wasn't the same as doing it in person, but it was good. And after that, we decided to start a weekly Bible study. And so, really, it's almost turned into a small church. There's only a few people, but our kids come and they play. We go through a book of the Bible, a, a chapter of the Bible a week, and... Yeah, and we, we dig deep, we support each other, we love on each other, we do amazing things. Like So even through all of this, God continued to use me and call me to do ministry and to show me that I can do ministry outside of the conventional church. And so I was excited to see that. Um, even one of, the, one of the ladies, you know, she asked me to baptize her. And I was like, wow, what an honor. Like... She was someone who, a few years ago, you probably wouldn't even have imagined would ever have been a Christian because of things that, you know, it's not my story to tell, but just know that God did some big stuff and continues to do some big stuff in this small Bible study. And the best thing is I'm seeing these, these people are coming to the Bible study and they're not just coming and saying, okay, great. They are applying these things to their lives. I am seeing like their family dynamics are changing, their relationship with their spouses, their relationship with their children, like their relationship with, with other people, the things that they're doing. Um, I see them stepping out in faith in new and amazing ways. Like, like this is good stuff. Like this is confirmation to me, not that I'm doing something right in sense of like, I did this. No, I did not do it. However, it is confirmation that I'm being obedient to my calling and God is using that to influence the people in our area. 
locally. And I'm just floored and honored and humble that God would continue to use me like this. You know, God, I feel like God has given me this path, right? Going back to that verse, this path that is wild and untouched, right? There are no other pastors on our district doing house churches. I feel like there's this wild, you know, path in front of me that just has a bunch of thorns and bristles and all this stuff. And yet it's beautiful and untouched and there's so much potential. So, you know, it's not going to be easy. And I don't, I'm a female pastor. When have I ever done anything that's easy? I mean, I met a guy that lived in another country and moved my, you know, from my country, my family. Like God has never set me up to do the easy thing, but he has set me up to be obedient. And I'm so grateful for the things that he has brought me through to get me to this point where I feel confident to be obedient to him. You know, God's told me to do this. So here goes nothing. Um, I can't make this happen. There's nothing inside of me that can make people show up at my crazy house with my two dogs, my cat, my four kids. Um, there's nothing I can do to convince people that that's a good idea. Uh, I can't make this happen. I can't make leaders show up that want to start their own church in our church network. Like I can't do this. Only God can. Right. And he promises that he builds his church. We don't build the church. God does. And so I'm just holding on to that promise, the promise that he has given me the, you know, and the fact that I can't do this alone. So I'm just holding on to him, you know, and yeah, just walking into new territory and working it out with, you know, fear and trembling, um, humbly really wrestling with the word and with God and, and trying to figure out what it looks like. Um, but I do know that I have Jesus guiding my every step and that's all, that's all I need. So I have since resigning from my job officially, I have had a lot of encouragement from my church family encouragement. I mean, obviously sadness that I'm leaving, but when I share what God is calling me to, they're like, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. You know, I, I feel peace about the decision that I made about stepping away. Um, yeah. And I'm just trying to walk into the next thing, whatever that looks like. So yeah, if you've made it this far, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, please be praying as we move forward with what this looks like. You know, I'll, I'll do another podcast. I think the next one's going to be about what exactly is a house church? What does it look like? Why do a house church and stuff like that? So if you're interested um, in learning more, you know, you can message me um, and contact me um, on, you know, on Facebook. Or if you look up Natural Christian Mamas on Facebook, you can message our page and I will be able to just ask to speak to Jackie and I'll be able to connect with you that way um, until I have official contact information for this new church plant that we are doing. We don't even have a name yet. We have some ideas, but we have nothing solid. And our hope, our plan is to launch in October 2021. So that's what we are hoping to do. And Currently, God has been bringing people alongside me that want to be a part of this too. 
and I'm just praying that God continues to reveal to people um, that this is what he has next for the church and that he continues to, to bring people, you know, to mind and to me that he is calling to do this too, you know, because I can't do this alone. Um, I don't want to do this alone. We're not meant to do it alone. And so, you know, yeah, just reach out if you're feeling called, even if you're not local to me, I can walk you through what you can be doing, the resources that you could be reading and looking into, um, and be praying with you and even mentor you if you are interested in starting a house church in your area. I am 100% willing to come alongside you and mentor you through that. So just let me know. And yeah, um, we'll finish up with some prayer. Jesus, we thank you. Holy God, you are so good. And we are so grateful for the time that we've spent really digging into this. Um, I'm honored that anyone would want to listen to my story. And so I just pray that the words that, that you have given me today, Lord Jesus, will touch hearts and minds of those listening. I pray, Lord, that you, you begin to stir in people's hearts or continue to stir in people's hearts this something new. You know, what does it look like? How can we, in the traditional church, continue to reach your community, the unchurched community, those that need you? And how can we, who want to do more of an unconventional church, how can we do that? Like, stir in our hearts. We're here to be obedient. Help us, Lord, be obedient every step of the way. Help us, Lord, seek you. If we're full-time, you know, called pastors, leaders, shepherds, or not, help us to be obedient. Help us to discern what your perfect will is for our lives, Lord Jesus. Help us, guide us, direct us. Like we, we are humbling ourselves at your feet and asking you to guide us. All we want is you. Break our hearts, Lord, truly for what you have for us. Help us to, to, to get up, to get off our pews and to do something. Help us to stop being lukewarm. Help us to know you so deeply that the only response to knowing you deeply and having a relationship with you is doing your work, is doing your will. So if that means we're working in an office all day and you know, like that's cool. Like that is our mission field. You have put us there for a reason and a season and that's beautiful. If that's, you know, if you're stirring us to, to step out in leadership, help us to do that. Give us the opportunities to do that. Lord, we just pray right now. I pray right now that those who are listening would have ears to hear the things that you have, that their hearts would be open to the moves of the spirit. And that Lord, we would want to do everything to please you. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for everything you've done and continue to do. And we just thank you for this time we've spent together. May it be a blessing and may it glorify you in all things, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, joining me. And um, yeah, until next time. Blessings. <laughs>